Hello? Hi, it's Robert. Do you want to be on the show? Never call me again. Hello, welcome. My name is Robert, and this is Never Call Me Again. Emily, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. And so, what have you been doing today? How's your day been? Oh, my day's been good. Um, it's Saturday, so I had a nice late start to the day. And just after um, we talk, I'll be ready to get ramped up with some painting. I usually paint in the mornings, but on the weekends, I start a bit later. And so for anybody that doesn't know who you are, you are a palette knife painter. And and so we know that this was a transition. And, and I guess my, my interest would be so many things. Um, how you transitioned um, to palette knife painting, where you came from, you know, what, what medium were you working with prior to that, and, and, and just generally your story. Okay. Um... Well, I will start, um, I'm going to start about 2012 for you and just do a little brief um, overview of how I, come, how I came to paint with palette knives. Perfect. Um, at, so about that time, I, um, I had graduated from university with a degree in teaching, and it was difficult to find um, teaching jobs in Michigan, which is where I'm from. So I ended up landing a job in Hawaii. And um, when I was out there, I lived in this small town that had t lots of art galleries. I forget how many now, but I wanna say it was like at least 15. And every Friday they would have an art walk. And long story short, I was really drawn to a particular artist's work and I found out that it was painted with palette knives. And at that time, I wasn't very familiar with what that meant. Um, I had previously just experimented with lots of different type of artwork, but not really um, sticking to one thing and learning it well, I guess. Um, so that was my introduction to palette knife and just by seeing the work. And this artist, his name is Giorgio, and um, he was really kind to me, and he invited me to do some painting at his studio and kind of introduced me to um, some basics of painting with palette knives. And after that, I ended up moving back to Michigan about a year later and continued developing it on my own. Um, and through all of this time, I always worked with oils and I continue to work with oils today. Um, but that friendship in Hawaii is really what introduced me to the palette knife, which um, is what I love to work with. And so at this point, you're, you're, back, in you're back in Michigan. And, and so this is where you met your husband. No, so we actually met in Canada. So I live in Canada now. Um, I moved here in 2017. And um, he's an artist also, and he also paints with palette knives. Um, and we actually met through Instagram via hashtag palette knife painting. 
So he's a palette knife artist also, and um, that's what connected us. And we we now share this studio that I'm in now. Um, and we both work out of this space together. Is there any competition between you and Mike? No, <laughs> we who's, help each other so, so much. <laughs> so Mike will never know who's who's the better artist. Oh gosh. Be honest. Be honest. <laughs> I'm put, I'm I'm messing with you. You do not have to answer that, <laughs> unless well, you want it's really to. Wonderful to share our studio together because I think both of our work has grown um, since meeting each other and being able to learn from each other has been really really awesome. And you know, it's it's funny as I and so I talk to a lot of artists and 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 I'm an artist and it, it's I think it's rare that that artists find each other. They fall in love and and then they share a space. And I wonder, what are, what are the challenges? Is it, are there challenges with, with sharing space, with, with sharing this, you know, this experience? Um, generally, no. Like, we love to be in the studio together. And we, if one of us is, like, done painting for the day, and, um, like, typically Mike might be finished painting sooner than I would, so he'll just stay in the studio with me. Um, and sometimes it's vice versa, where I'm done for the day and I'll just stay in the studio to be there. Um, so we love being together and love sharing the studio. The only thing that we sometimes um, struggle with is music. We love the same music, but sometimes I like tend to listen to the same playlists over and over again <laughs> and hour after hour after hour and all that can get old. So we compromise on that, but. <laughs> and so, so who do you listen to? Oh, my favorite artist is Peter Bradley Adams. Um, oh. I like his, his music a lot. It's like folk and like, I guess you would call it folk. It's really like acoustic chill kind of stuff. Um, we also like to listen just to like instrumental with a little bit of rhythm to it, something kind of low key. Do you, do you like his, do you prefer his, his solo stuff or, you know, so he was in a duo for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Robbie Robertson, do you know who Robbie Robertson is? I don't. Rob you don't? Okay, so Robbie Robertson was, he was a member of the the group, I think they were in the 70s, called The Band. And um, the song will feel you. Have you heard that? If you hear it, you probably... Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I know that song. And so, yeah, that's The Band. And and Robbie Robertson actually is the one who found them and really? and signed them. And and so that's kind of where, you know, they, they maybe hit the, the mainstream for a while. Um. And so who, who cleans the brushes? Who cleans the studio? You or Mike? Is it a shared thing or is it? Because oh, I don't clean so it. I don't pick up my own socks <laughs> and I want to know, like, how, how I, bad of a guy am I? Well, I don't use any brushes at all, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, except for, like, the edges of the canvas or the gesso. But um, I think I would say I like to clean the studio. I like things to be pretty well organized, so... I enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he, he just free ride, just a free ride. Yeah. That's okay. I, well, I, I'll give him credit. He, he, no, he's wonderful. He, he helps me clean off my palette. We're using these 
uh, large glass palettes and it's like um we use this just this like razor tool like this to clean it and sometimes it, it is a bit of work and he'll, he'll clean mine for me it, it must be amazing to 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 be in this environment where you you have an artist who is is equally as skilled and, and maybe in very different ways to to kind of it almost even if you're I don't know if you're collaborating and we can talk about that, but it, it almost seems like it would be this this natural collaboration of, of support and and you know um, being able to, to be honest and to be critical and to say, you know, try this or have you thought of this or, or and so do you guys influence each other? Tremendously. Um like essentially art and painting is ninety-five percent of what we talk about all day, every day, we love talking about it. And sometimes we, we say to each other, like, gosh, we are just so lucky to be able to have each other to talk about this and understand each other and what we're going through. Um, so Mike and I both have similar but different strengths in our painting. And we've been able to, um, kind of help each other with different areas, but also just discover things together. Um, so for, for example, like um, an area that sometimes I've struggled with is some of my, um, my like lines a bit off and with the perspective and Mike's really, he can see it immediately and see what needs to be adjusted. And um, so, often we paint all day and then in the evening we come back into our studio and then we we just look at what we've been working on and kind of talk about it and talk through ideas um and often it, in the evenings we do do some brainstorming and it's really good time to think about what you know what's working and what's not and other things we might be interested in trying and so how difficult was the, was the transition to palette knife painting? I mean, you, you, you don't just pick something like this up and you're instantly amazing and, and the work <laughs> is unbelievable. And so how long yeah. have you been doing it and, and how, how difficult was it? So I've been painting with palette knives for, I guess, about nine, eight or nine years now, which is time is flying. It's crazy. Um, and it is difficult. It's a difficult tool. Um, to become accustomed to um but before like i mentioned i wasn't really avidly painting and so i wasn't really proficient with brushes or with another medium so i do i feel like palette working with palette knives and oil paint is is essentially where i did begin um now over the years i have really experimented with the various size and shapes of palette knife and and found the ones that I prefer and just through so much practice I've discovered like which ones I use and I know why I use them and I guess I guess it just comes down to practice doing it a lot and becoming familiar with what you're using um, so I have my palette knives here, right behind me. So for the work I'm doing currently, I'm using the Deseris 2909, 
It's a pretty small palette knife with quite a pointed tip on it. And I really enjoy this one um, because my recent work is pretty detailed. Um, so working with a smaller knife allows me to get a lot of small details with it. And then I just got this new one. It's super skinny. I haven't really even tried it too much yet. So I'm excited to try this one. Um, but this is pretty different than the ones that I used to use, which were quite huge. Um, and I've just learned over the years, I guess, of, you know, trying to be deliberate in my choice and understand um, why I'm choosing what I'm choosing and how it will work, if that makes sense. It does. And, um, and so it's, it's this evolution of, of who you are and, and how you're, how you're creating. And my, my question, why do you, why, why, why do you create? Why do you paint? What made you decide mm -hmm. that this is what I'm going to do? Yeah. It's like, sometimes it's a hard thing to answer without sounding a bit cliche. Um, why it's, it is, it's like such a, obsession and I guess like a deep desire and need and um, I can kind of compare it in a roundabout way to other things. So I've had other interests, of course, like um, my husband and I enjoy hiking here and for a while we were really, really into it and doing um, some very big ones. and. Um, we did a marathon together and, you know, enjoyed the running, but you know, those were just, those things were hobbies and are hobbies. Like running is a hobby. Hiking is a hobby. It's fun. I enjoy it. But with painting, it's like, it's just like kind of an all consuming, um, desire to be doing this. Um, and it's, like, I'm trying to know how to explain it better. It's kind of like there's something that's really enjoyable about the fact that you're always growing and always learning and there's always room for improvement and that there's not an ending. This is like a lifelong pursuit and it has such an endless way you can go you know there's always new inspiration and new things to paint and new things to try and you can always become more proficient so i guess there's also that element of just feeling the satisfaction in not reaching an end point where for example running a marathon you train you do the marathon and then maybe you're satisfied that you've done it um but with this it's just it's enjoyable to always be working towards um, the next painting and the next idea and whatnot. And so that's interesting. Um, if there's not an ending, if there's if there's not this finality of this is who I am as an artist, um, what um, what does the evolution look like for you as an artist? Um, where would you where are you going? Uh, I feel like over the years, I've kind of slowly started understanding 
mm, what I enjoy painting and what message I want to, to have with my work. I guess when I was first starting, it was kind of like there's just so, so many directions to go. And I feel like this past year um, with the pandemic and where we are um, spending, we've always spent a lot of time in our studio, but this year without any ability to travel, um, we're, we're spending more time painting. And um, I rewrote my artist statement this year. And through that reflection, I was kind of noticing what things I was drawn to and how it's kind of remained the same, but yet it's evolved. So in my work, I'm always trying to show beauty in everyday moments. And when I began painting almost 10 years ago um, in Hawaii, those moments were, you know, just the landscape of Hawaii. And then, then it evolved to some of the Michigan landscapes and some florals. Um, and now I'm, I'm noticing this idea of everyday beauty in, in some places like, that might not be so obvious. Um, like, for example, I've done a few of these corner stores lately that have like a little flower stand um, outside and just kind of a simple pleasure of just this kind of scene that we might see often and we might just pass by but the idea of you know this being a small business and kind of a staple in a community and then to be able to have just in the winter some fresh flowers is very cheerful um, so I think as I continue to paint I I begin to notice things um, different things as I, I keep reflecting and keep doing my work, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Your work really kind of demands that you, you look beyond the skill and I mean, and, and you obviously have great skill, but it's looking beyond the technical skill in, in finding that beauty that, that is there. Um, and I think that's amazing um, to to be able to say, here is this, here is this thing that you've seen a million times, but have you noticed how incredibly beautiful it is? And so that's that's amazing. Well, thank you. This is really really wonderful to hear you say that. And so um, you you did a lot of florals, and you you've really transitioned pretty heavily to to cityscapes. And I wonder, um, and so. You're, this isn't a, an urban sketcher type of thing. You are not taking these gigantic canvases out there and just posting up for a month and, and painting this. You are, how are, how are you, how are you getting the, how are you, are you, are you taking photos? What are you doing? Okay. Yeah. So, um, my husband and I will just go down to Vancouver, um, since this is the city near where we live and we've seek out different areas to photograph and over this past year especially we've become more um like aware i guess of what we're looking for and what i'm looking for um some of the, some of my work that i have upcoming 
my husband has actually taken the photograph and I'm somewhere in it. So sometimes he takes the photo, sometimes I do. Um, but yeah, so the night scene, so often we just go, go out at night, but trying to find the right time of night we've discovered is pretty critical. Um, so there's an area here where all the shops were kind of closing around six. So I like to get a little bit of the bustling and whatnot of the people and the cars. So making sure not to go out too late or too early where things are still open and people are out um, is important. And then I've recently done some scenes that were more at dusk. So again, hitting the timing right just to be able to get the right lighting is pretty important. And then also recently, I've been looking for some of the small businesses in Vancouver that have been here for a long time and some more historical type buildings and then seeking those out to photograph as well. I wonder if the, you know, and so, you know, we, we've talked very briefly about the pandemic and, and, and so I'd like to talk about the impacts of that for you as an artist and, and for you guys as photographers. And so you're out, you're taking the photos of what you're seeing, of what you're painting. And, and it was interesting, you mentioned these small businesses. And I wonder, as you as you are painting some of these, um, I, I'm wondering what the economic fallout's going to be. Are, are these businesses that are going to survive? And and this, maybe this is this is the last time that they will there will be a, a representation of that business as it is today or as it was the day that the photo was taken and the piece was painted um and so it, it's almost like you're you're in the preservation business that's kind of cool um it is it's, it's so strange because so my we went out about i want to say february or early march and got tons of pretty photos of last year of 2020 so that was before everything was shutting down and I did quite a few um, paintings based on this work and I have quite a few more I'd like to do um, now I was just there recently in the same area and it was really it was it was um, a little bit sad to see like how how much it's changed just in a year and and then not realizing a year ago that how nice it was just to be out among people and people are having fun and going, going places. And then this year, it just feels so empty. Um, and then, yeah, with the businesses, I, like I mentioned, the corner stores that I've recently started painting there's been a few that I've really been eager to get a good photo of, but they're actually closed or maybe they're temporarily closed. So I'm hoping that they do reopen, um, but it's tough to know. And then there's actually, you can kind of see this piece behind me. This is kind of a neat one. It's um, of a, called Grandview Lanes. It's a, a bowling alley here that's been in business, I think since the 40s. Um, and it's just it's kind of quirky and i hope they hope they survive <laughs> do, do you bowl 
you know, I'm not like a big <laughs> bowler per se, but there's a few things that I was really in, interested about this place. One is you don't typically see a bowling alley on like a corner, like a corner store kind of look for a bowling alley. And then Vancouver has a history of neon and they previously were one of the neon capitals of the world. And I enjoy painting the neon signs. So to see this corner store kind of bowling alley with this great neon sign. Um, and then I'm, my, my husband and I are very interested in mid-century modern like furniture and design and their whole like logo and everything is very mid-century modern and it just kind of fits in with some of the interests that I have. That's cool. And yeah, and so I would not have known that that was a bowling alley. And, and, and so it almost, it, it has that, that storefront vibe of, of like a hardware store or something. Yeah, um, it's At least from this distance. Unique kind of space. <laughs> it is cool. And so I guess, you know, as I look at it, I can see, and so I'm pointing like a dope. Um, you can kind of see, is that a, the, the top part there, is that a bowling pin? Yeah, it's this huge neon bowling pin. That's awesome. It's really awesome. Yeah, and so I, I have to wonder, and, you know, if you are going out, and say the last few months you're going out, you're, you're taking photographs, and you're, you're bringing them back and determining which one is going to, to become a painting, do you, and, and so in, in a lot of these, you are, you are in the, in the photo. And so that's interesting that you're, you're kind of, it's, it's kind of cool that you are, you are actually in the painting. Has the, has the vibe out there changed, um, when you're out and, and you're photographing and, and so there's less traffic and, and when you're photographing and when you're painting, do you, do you, do you feel what's going on out there? Does your, does your work exhibit? the emotion and the loss and the, the devastation that we all feel. Is it, is it a part of it? Um, well, I'm interested to see what comes through in my newest work that's coming. Cause like I mentioned this past year, a lot of the work I've done was the reference was before this really started. So of course that, that isn't, wouldn't be there. Um, now, I did some work this summer, and it felt like the state of the pandemic was improving over the summer, or it seemed like people's spirits were a bit higher, and it, it, there, there was still, like, hopefulness, and people were out, maybe not to the extent they were before, um, but I think more recently, I guess I'm, I'm seeing a shift, um, maybe because, you know, the weather here is very rainy and, you know, people are in and the fatigue that people I think are feeling at this point is, is really setting in. Um, so we'll see, see how that comes through, but I also hope on the other hand that regardless of this situation that there is still like some positivity that can come through. And despite all of this um, that's happening all around us, 
to still try to notice you know the good things that are still here and like I mentioned the beauty and just kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other and and focus on those things around us that are that are still making us happy or um still beautiful I guess I wonder when you're painting um do you do you view yourself as a storyteller? I do, um, do I view myself as a storyteller? I think so. I think it's. Um, I think we've heard this idea of art being a language, a, a universal language, and you know, I like to. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like a balance of a bit of. A mystery, a bit of people developing their own stories, but yet, on the other hand, maybe showing a story or showing something that um, that causes people to think about um, something they might not think about or see something in a different way, I guess. As a storyteller, um you are you are going to continue to grow and to evolve and it i i think it is going to be very amazing and i i wonder how do you do you do you ever look at your work and wonder how it will be interpreted how how the the viewer will see it and and what they will what they will maybe gain out of it do you ever do you ever put things in your work that try to elicit a specific emotion or ideal. Mm. Yeah, I do wonder like when people will see a piece, what they take from it or what they notice or what they are drawn to. Um, and as far as putting something into the work to try to get that, um, sometimes um, I might do something with the title that's connected to send a bit more of a message or to highlight something. And there's one that's, that always stands out to me. So it was a painting of an area called Gastown in Vancouver. And kind of in the front of the painting, there are these three girls who are walking away from the viewer. But you can tell that they're together. There's the body language is like, maybe they are friends or sisters but they're there together um and this area has these really beautiful street lights that give the area a golden kind of a glow and the streets are brick and it all kind of has this golden vibe to it so the title of that piece is called like gold um so that can refer to the palette kind of the golden vibe but I was also referring to the idea of spending time with people you care about can be like gold. So I guess, I guess that's a kind of an example of where I might try to tie in um, a message that I have or a thought that I have about the piece. And so you will be, you will be appearing in a, in a lot of your upcoming paintings. You will be painting yourself. Yeah. Um, is is there is there a specific reason is it is it i'm doing it because it's cool um because i would do that because it's cool i think it's pretty <laughs> cool 
But I wonder, is there is there a symbolism to that? Is it is it you know along the same vein as the the piece you just described? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. So when I'm when I'm included in the piece, it's only it's only really a few. Um, I wouldn't say it's the majority, but and in those pieces, um, you probably will not recognize me either. I'm just kind of more silhouetted, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess it's hard for me to describe, um, to think about how I want to talk about that. Have, um, so has anybody ever, ever viewed one of your paintings? And, and so you're out photographing the, 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 the cityscape and, you know, there are cars, there are people moving about. And, and so there's all this activity. Has anyone ever said, um, Hey, that's me. And, and, you know, I, I think yeah, it would be cool. I, I would love. They have tell tell me about that. That's awesome. Oh, this was very exciting. So um, back to that uh, early twenty twenty, out taking photos. I saw this couple, and again, this is that Gastown area of Vancouver I was telling you about. And when I'm photographing, I I do like to include people in my paintings. Um, and I try to look for moments where there's a bit of a story within the people that you could infer. So this was a couple and they were arm in arm and it just looked like romantic walk. And um, I got a picture of them walking towards this famous steam clock in Vancouver. So again, they're walking away from the camera. There's other people around in the scene as well. Um, but they were more of a focal point. And about four or five months later, I, I painted this image and I ended up posting it, posting it on Reddit in the Canada Reddit. And, um, and then I got an email saying that she had, this woman had seen the image and she was quite sure that it was her and her boyfriend um, in the painting. So we ended up trying to do a little investigation. Um, the couple is not from British Columbia, so they had in fact visited um, the area about the time I would have been there taking these pictures. So we deduced that it could have been, you know, could have been them. And anyways, they ended up deciding to collect the piece and that's, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> so they, they have the piece. They do, yeah, yeah. And I was oh, yeah. thinking about it, and I was like, hmm, okay, would I recognize myself in a painting like this? And I'm like, I kind of think I would, um, especially if it was me with my husband, and, you know, we have a certain jacket and our hair or our clothes or something. I feel like it's, I don't know, to me it feels like it really could have been them. Yeah, you would think that, you know, that combined with the idea that if it's them and they were there and, and, and they, they're looking at this painting and they're saying, you know, I, I remember, you know, these people that are in the, in the photo and, and, you know, this is very, there's that deja vu sense of, of familiarity, not just of the space, but that, that space at that time that they were present. Yeah. That is a, that's a wonderful story. Yeah. Yeah, it was really so neat cool. when that happened. 
And so we are, we are kind of, and so our household, we're kind of romantics. And so that, uh, you know, my girlfriend is going to love that story. It's a great story. Yeah. Um, how, how amazing for you. Um, and so they collected the piece and, yeah. um, you, you, you would think that that really probably doesn't happen that often. Um, I wonder if you've ever been out. You, you know, I wonder if you and Mike have ever been out and you've been photographed unknowingly and, and somewhere there there's a painting of you. Could I know, be. it's so crazy. And like, we, we really love, um, there, there was a photographer here in Vancouver who's quite, quite well known now. Um, Brad Herzog was a famous street photographer and we have his book and it's all of these really neat pictures of Vancouver from, I mean, he took pictures for decades, but I think starting in the 40s or 50s. Um, and then, you know, to see people he captured then, and, and now, you know, we are looking at these people and it's, it's kind of, it's neat. Yeah, it's really cool. I find myself, especially you know maybe you know i'm at the museum wherever i am and, and so i'm looking at photos and you know the people oftentimes are are this focal point of what's going on and um i find myself wondering who are they what were their lives and and where are they now and you know and, and so in one one instance we know that a couple couple was lucky enough to to discover themselves buy the piece from the from the artist it's you know it was on reddit and, and, and so that's kind of a magical story. What's interesting is your work has turned up all over the world. And so you've sold work that is, it's, it's not in Canada, it's not in America, it is. And so you are everywhere. And that's got to feel really amazing to know that you are, you are very much present in, in people's homes and in their lives. And, you know, the, the cityscapes, the, the people moving about, um, they all live on somewhere else. How does that feel? Oh, it's so much of an honor. Um, it's, it is really, it's really humbling and really, you know, it's something I feel really grateful for um, because there's so much um, wonderful, wonderful artwork that people may choose from. Um, and I really, really love every moment I spend on a painting and to feel like the knowledge that somebody else has connected with it and they want to live with this piece is is very much an honor yeah it's interesting to me and so i'm looking i'm looking at the the bowling alley piece behind you and i'm mm -hmm. thinking as you're talking I'm, I'm kind of thinking about you know, if this piece, for instance, were to to end up in in Tokyo or or Spain or, you know, Houston, um, you know, and, and the person that purchases it purchases it has never been there, has has never been to this bowling alley. Um, it's interesting to me with with cityscapes because I love cityscapes and 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 I I collect them for a very specific reasons because I love them. It, it's always been curious. It's always been a curiosity to me why other people would collect them, especially when they've they've not been there. And and so I I think I resonate with. I just love the I love the cityscapes. I love the the vibe. I I love what the the artist is capturing. 
I wonder why other people collect them. Do you, do you have any idea? Yeah, that's a good question. And I know um, my husband and I talk about that sometimes where we're like, yeah, our work is very specific to this location, but sometimes I wonder if it's also, you know, maybe the viewer is seeing that while this takes place in a city of Vancouver or wherever, it's not always necessarily a painting of that, like the idea is deeper. Um, so for example, this bowling alley piece, well, yes, this physical location is in Vancouver. It's also kind of like a step back into time in a way, the way that you don't see places like this anymore. There's not going to be, um, this is like um, a unique one location. It's not a franchise, it's not going to pop up everywhere. Um, so kind of more of a story of this small business and this kind of just this quirky place, like where is this, does it even matter? Um, where it is, is that part of the story? And then with some of the other cityscapes with the people and the cars and is it a painting of Vancouver or is it a painting of these people and the connections and, you know, just the shops and seeing into that. And um, I don't know if I'm making any sense or not, but yeah, I guess I just wonder if it's like the paintings are deeper than the place, if it's more of the history behind it, the people behind it. I, I think that was an amazing answer and it, I, it made a great deal of sense. I am not trying to stump you. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, these are good questions. I, well, yeah, are, I was, I, I was thinking there's been, and so that question, there's been a couple of questions where I thought, you know, I hope she does not think that I'm trying to, to stump her. I, oh, I think, no. I think what's <laughs> well, I happening here is, <laughs> I, I think there's this, I, you know, what's really interesting to me with an artist. And so one of the most, one of the, the, the coolest things about what I do is that I, I talk to all of these, these artists, musicians, creatives, and for me, the best art is the art that, that contains the soul of the creator, that they are very present in it. And, um, and, and so I think that is absolutely, you know, the, the, the situation with your work and why it, it literally can and has ended up all over the world is that people can look at it and um, there is this presence that draws them in, whether it, it is, whether it's your presence there, their presence or, or just that, that reminiscence of, of something familiar or something attractive that just draws them and says, you know, I would look amazing in the living room or, or, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and I think that's, yeah, I, I think do. it's wonderful. Um, I, um, and I, and, and, and so I love cityscapes and we, we actually, you and I talked the other day about Nate Otto. And so he was on yeah. the show recently and Nate is an amazing guy and, and what, and so he does cityscapes and, and, and his, his style and your style are, are complete opposites equally as interesting and amazing. Um, and, um, you know, 
his work is highly collectible. Your work is highly collectible. And I, I have to wonder, um, you know, one of the biggest questions that, that another artist is going to probably have, somebody who, you know, is a painter, is a photographer, whatever, is how it happens, how you, how you market your work, um, how you, how do you even get to a point where you're like, Hey, you know what? Um, it's not, it's not so much, you know, Hey, this is how I market my work. How do you get to this realization to this point in time where you're like, Hey, you know what? I've been doing this like eight years. Um, you know, before this, you know, I was, I was running around playing the, the piano and the trombone and I had no idea where I was going in life. I was just living the wonderful life in Hawaii. One thing happened after another. And now I'm, I'm this amazing palette knife artist and I'm marketable. How do you, how does it occur to you at some point? And when did it occur to you and how did it occur to you that you were marketable? Oh, huh. That's a good question. Um, cause I'm sure no artist that I know, um, gets, you know, starts cause they're like, I think I'd like to sell paintings. Um, it just, I guess it's one of those things kind of like evolving and just painting itself and learning to paint and continually improving that for me, I, I think it's kind of built kind of naturally and slowly over the years. Um, for example, when I was first starting, I was invited to be part of a group show at a gallery, not represented, just part of this show. Um, and, you know, I would enter the jury competitions and things like that. And, you know, kind of just things just kind of evolved. Um, you know, I would do this and then it was like, maybe I should have a website. So maybe a little blog website and then eventually it was like I think I need a professional website um, and then having opportunities moving from okay I was invited to do this group show now I'm invited to do be represented or um, yeah I guess just little by little one thing kind of leads to another um, now I also previously did a Kind of apply for more things. Um, not really doing that so much anymore, but I did at the beginning apply for various jury shows um, and some public art commissions, and I was fortunate to be selected for some of those. Um, public art is something I'd like to, to do more of in the future, but I guess just little by little, step by step, things progressed and just the way they should. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about that. Like, what have you, what have you applied for and what have you done? Mm, so I guess it would have been about 2016 or 15, the city of Royal Oak in Michigan, they had um, some funds to use towards public art and they had an open call and you could submit um, just a proposal of what, what you had in mind and they ended up selecting five artists to do a project and most of them were sculpture um, but I had proposed doing a reproduction of one of my paintings to be mounted outside on one of the buildings and my proposal was this idea that 
unless you are going to an art museum or an art gallery or you have another way to expose yourself to paintings like oil paintings sometimes those aren't accessible to everybody because an oil painting can't be installed outside so with my proposal the idea behind it was since oil paintings are something that you know some people may have to seek out um, to bring it to the public by reproducing it so it could withstand the weather um, that was kind of the idea behind it so i was fortunate to get accepted for that so um, an image of one of my paintings was reproduced quite quite large it was about 10 feet by six feet and put up in the city um, so that was really exciting and then i had another opportunity with michigan city indiana so they have an art a public art fund and similarly you can submit a proposal so i submitted a proposal to do a piece of art for one of their public buildings and um, i showed them just examples of my work and they ended up commissioning me to do a piece for their city hall for that so that's more traditional it's just a painting it's inside but it's inside a building that is accessible to the public and for the public to enjoy if they they happen to visit nice that's amazing i um and so you talked a little bit about commissions and i've always wondered um and so you do a piece say you say the piece behind you that you you're painting and so you're you're doing this piece do you do you ever do a piece and just fall in love and do you do you get attached and, and it's not for sale um i feel like every time typically every time i do a, a painting or not every time many times it's like oh wow i'm like very pleased with this one i don't know if i should sell it and then then i do a next one and I usually it, I feel like gets better or that's my new favorite. Um, so I don't think I get too attached. I think it's whatever I'm working on or whatever I lasted is the one that's on my mind and I'm really um, really excited about. And then then I just get excited about the next one. Um, so nothing I'm really attached to to keeping. I think I it's more of just making it that's very exciting. But nice. my husband and I, we do collect art. So we do enjoy having art in our home from, from other artists that we really love. Who do you, who do you collect? Hmm. So, well, I talked about Fred Herzog. Um, we have one of his photographs. And we recently acquired a piece by Devin Knowles, who is a Vancouver artist who works in stained glass. And I've always really loved um stained glass so we were very excited to to get a piece from her it's it's so artistic and i i think um I've, I've kind of looked into how stained art is stained glasses is done and made and it is an unbelievable amount of work and and i think the skill that you know to be able to to envision that this is what this is going to look like and here are my bits and pieces and I'm going to take my bits and pieces and, and make this. And it's, and so, yeah, it's, it's arguably very comparable to, to painting or to, to palette knife painting and saying that, 
you know, this is the photograph, this is the memory, this is the idea, and here is the creation. And, um, you know, the very first, let's, let's talk about the very first painting that you did really well. And, and so as an artist, I, I have, you know, very early on produced things that I, you know, I immediately, I, I, I produced them and I hid them. I didn't want them to be seen. And, and so I, I always wonder, I know that I'm not the only one who finally produced something that, that I at least thought was remarkable. And, and I just had to make sure everybody saw it. And, and, and so what did it feel like? And do you remember what that piece was? I feel like there's a few and they kind of come in stages and then um, like or it's almost like there is stages that kind of mark a new era or a new like period of growth. Um, so recently actually this past uh, just it would have been my first painting of 2020 so not long ago. I did um, my first night scene of uh, Montreal. And for me, that was kind of a breakthrough piece because it was like, I really like this night scene. I don't know why I haven't painted night scenes before. So like that, that would be one of those pieces, but then I could even back up. And um, like when I was going through a floral phase, um, one of my early florals, um, I did a lot of sunflowers and I can kind of think back to those and being really excited and like, okay, I'm very happy about this. Um, and I can back up kind of further from that. And I also at one point was interested in more nature scenes and birch trees and things and, and doing that and having it work out. So yeah, I know what you mean. I just I feel like those pieces do happen um, every so often that kind of mark like oh I kind of think I'm onto something here I like this direction. It's interesting to evolve and and to to see those those moments where you are onto something and 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 so so many new things are going to be unlocked and and new skills achieved and. It's it's interesting to to look back at your work over time and see this evolution. And do you have what what has been your favorite period? What is what has been your you know was it was it the florals? What was it was it was it is it what you're doing now? Um, is it definitely now? Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah, I kind of feel like everything up to this till about a year ago was kind of preparing me for now. Um, I, I love the work I've done up to this, this point and I'm proud of it. Um, I just feel like this past year having more time to really, um, to be in my studio and to be painting, a lot more time to reflect on what I'm doing. Um, I feel very pleased with this direction and. I feel like it. Um, it's more. It's really, it's really authentic, and I feel like there's a bit of a, a depth to it, which I enjoy. Um, I like that when I talk about noticing beauty, it's not always so obvious. Um, 
and the viewer may have to look a little bit longer to see it versus looking at a previous work of a sun a sunflower. It's very obvious that it's really beautiful. And there's that's wonderful too. Um, I don't want to put that down. Um, but I'm really I really love what I'm doing right now. Um, and kind of a side story, um, my grandparents, they made these little miniatures, um, these kind of boxes with these miniature scenes and rooms in it. And just recently, it occurred to me that like, I, I feel like watching them do that, that I almost feel like there's a connection to that and what I'm doing now. And when I would go there as a child, I would often ask my grandma if we could make something and we make a miniature item for these houses. And now when I think about my painting and what I'm doing and um, like looking for these scenes that are beautiful, one thing I really love is like the little details. So painting a like a tiny, tiny bouquets of flowers and painting, you know, some distant couple who are together or, you know, the, the glow on the streetlights. I kind of feel like this work, it, it just encompasses more. Yeah, I get that. And so, um, the, the pieces your grandparents were doing, were they, um, are they like little, were they like dioramas? Is that the word? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So hard to describe. I don't know what the technical word is for it. Dioramas. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause there was like a wooden box and then everything was little handmade items to make this little scene or this little room. Yeah, I think they're dioramas. And so I will, I will Google it after, after the show and probably be wrong. And I'm okay with that. I, um, I misquoted, um, Star Trek the other day. I, I had a, a guest on, we were talking about Star Trek and I was like, yeah, they did like 26 episodes initially. They did 79 total. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, a, yeah, I am not an authority. Um, and so in the future, um, it's interesting to see where you've been as an artist and, and where you're going and, and how much you enjoy and how much of, of, of who you are is is in your work. And um, it will be a very interesting a, a year from now to look back at this work and, and this conversation and, and where you are and where you, you may be headed at that point. And um, I would love to sit down with you again and rehash today and and look back at your work and and look forward with you and i think the um the listeners would love that as well and so we are at the point where i i ask can i can i call you again at some point and do this again oh of course i'd love to thank you <laughs>